0: Folks, it is me. It is me. It is Mr. Sensational Gino V, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you with very special episode number 81 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots radio network. That is right, folks. Very special episode number 81. I say 80 because um, somehow within the last episode or however many, I've gotten off sync with the episode count. The episode count that I've been saving episodes as and um, articulating episodes as is different than the episode number of record um, with the IC Robots Radio Network So I am awaiting to hear from Station Boss IC Robots himself as to what the official number should be. Whatever that decree is, um, when it comes down the pike, so it shall be. But uh, I had just asked him right now, and I haven't yet heard back from him. So um, until I hear otherwise, we will just refer to it as 80. I get that uh, sound from uh, this one um, incident of high hilarity back in the day. Um, Where in the recording artist Tom Petty, Tom Petty had a song and there was a video for the song. And it was in the days of uh, when MTV videos were still a thing. And if, if a song was a video on MTV, it'd be in heavy rotation both on TV and you'd hear it on the radio and so on and so forth. And he had that one song and I can't remember the name of it and I can't remember how the rest of it went or goes, but it had that uh, chorus. That was like, uh, so let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Oh, it's uh, You Don't Know How It Feels. You Don't Know How It Feels To Be Something. That song, dun, dun, But anyway, in the video on MTV, the video version was like, um, let's get to the point and let's roll another. And so became a a joke between... uh, my friend group, and I of that era. Let's roll another. Um, so in that same spirit, so we are here, a very special episode 80 of the Mr. Sensational Vega, Gino Vega podcast, easy for me to say, on the IC Robots Radio Network. Folks, if you are new to the tens of ones listening to the show once again, we are a show about not much of anything at all, a show where I, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, a completely ordinary average 40-something scrub, plums the depths of my uh, insignificant psyche and attempts to uh, mine out little tales, takes, uh, tidbits here and there that I can synthesize into podcast content. Um, to share with you for reasons unknown, but share with you I am I am doing whether or not there is a reason. And this all comes to you by way of the IC Robots Radio Network, the venerable podcast network that is home to such other shows as our flagship show, the world's famous show, um, GeekFest Rants, um... All sorts of content that you can subscribe to by searching IC Robots Radio Network on your uh, podcast purveyor of choice, You know your Spotify's, your Apple Podcasts, all the usual suspects. Type in IC Robots and you will find the feed and you'll get everything that comes down the pike. I would be remiss if I did not also add look up on that same podcast purveyor, Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. This is not a new project because it's something that uh, our station boss, IC Robots, has been doing for a while, but new in the sense that it now has its own home in the podcast world, its own feed, the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. Uh, great stuff lately by way of IC Robots himself. This is kind of his take on the old. If you remember back in the day, if you're old enough to remember, I remember leafing through this... Uh, this title quite a bit as a youth, back in probably like 86 or so, there was the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. The, these comics that would be kind of like these encyclopedic entries of every single Marvel character. And ISR is doing kind of a similar take in podcast form. But don't get it twisted. This is not some um, stodgy rules lawyer, gamer nerd uh factoid Mary look at Marvel characters. This is more kind of um, free association. I see robots coming at it from the perspective of someone that read these comics back in the day as a kid and kind of other memories that come to mind bits and pieces of these characters. You don't have to be into Marvel per se to enjoy this stuff. It's been really great content lately over there on the audio handbook of the Marvel universe. So check it out, whether regardless of what your feelings are, on Marvel itself. Um, Because as you will hear, he's not always the biggest fan of some of these characters or knows the most about them. Like, I listened to a... He did an entry on Cyclops of the X-Men. Scott Summers, Cyclops recently. And uh, as he stated on the episode, all that information was new to him because back in the day when X-Men were riding high in the comics world, he was busy reading, like... Just a Society of America or something else. Something something DC along those lines. I don't think it was actually JSA, but uh, he was DC-bound when uh, the X-Men were doing their thing. I guess the X-Men are still doing their thing, but you know. If you were around back then, you know. You know what it was like. You know when it was X everything back in the 1980s and 1990s. Um, great stuff. Also, check out supportthereport.com. That is S-U-P-P-O-R-T-T-H-E-R. R E P O R T dot com, support the report dot com. It harkens back to the day when uh, the ICU Robots Radio Network started off as the humble podcast, uh, the Toys R Us Report. Support the report dot com, where you can become a patron of the, ne- a patron over on Patreon of the network for as little as a dollar a month. You can throw it down a buck, you can throw it down two bucks, you can throw down a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. It's up to you. But once you begin throwing down bucks, you will gain access to, uh, patron-only content, and there has been some next-level patron-only content lately. Let me tell you, you need to do yourself a favor and check out The Derek Show on supportthereport.com. The Derek Show. It is hands-down not only some of the best work that IC Robots has ever done, but some of the best podcast work I've ever heard. It's hilarious. The production is amazing um and this is all one individual doing this on their own on their own time on their own dime on their own home the the fact that this is a self creation is just really amazing you need to check out the Derek show that's all all I will say I will leave it to you to uh familiarize yourself with the particulars but you will not be disappointed that said it is time to continue on with our own very special content here today on episode 80 of the Mr. Sensational Gina Vega podcast, and, uh, hmm, I'm kind of at a loss. What are we actually going to talk about here today? There has not been a whole lot going on in the Life Sensational, if I'm being totally honest. I'm trying to think if there's anything I can latch on to to uh, generate any kind of substantive content this week. I will say I feel like fall is in the air, and that's always a positive for me. I My, my high point of the year is, like, September through January 1st. Uh, I, I perform better in cooler climates. Um, not too cold, because I, you know, I, I can't I've never lived somewhere with with really intemperate winter climates like snow and all that stuff. So when I'm talking cooler climates, I'm talking like you know, it's like 57 degrees out. Um, I mean, not that it's been that low here, but it'll get there. But you know, it's like once the 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 the, the fog starts rolling in and the, the 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 leaves start falling and and dying and uh, you start seeing Halloween decorations go up. That's when I'm in my. Uh, my uh, comfort zone, my hap- my seasonal happy place, because uh, you're ratcheting up towards the holiday season. I love the holidays, as we've spoken about before on the show. I like the just kind of like the rituals of fall, the rituals of winter. When I was a youth, summer held a special place for me simply because of the whole summer vacation, the three months off or whatever. But since that's not really an issue anymore at my advanced age, summer doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm not really into much uh, outdoors type stuff. I mean, I like to take walks, but I can do that pretty much year-round. I'm not like some outdoor summer games type. Uh, I could care less about barbecuing. I mean, I'll eat barbecued food, but it's not, you know, I don't know. I don't barbecue myself. Um, What else do people do in the summer? Uh, I don't know. Summer's just not really a thing. The the heat is not worth... um, any of the potential benefits for me for summer, but I start to feel very invigorated around this time of year, very invigorated in the fall football starts uh, at least for the first few weeks of the season. I'm always an ardent football fan. Then uh, the team that I follow will inevitably fall off and I'll become less interested in tuning in every week and tuning into ancillary games that I don't care about. But, but I always, I just, there's something, it's not even about the football itself. I just, I just love that feeling of, of, being sucked into that continuum of the football season has begun, which means fall is here, which means Halloween's gonna happen, which means Thanksgiving's gonna happen, which means Christmas is gonna happen, which means New Year's Eve is gonna happen. All, all stuff that uh, get big ups here in the Vega-verse. Uh, And we will talk more, I guess, as the the months unfold and these things happen, because we're we're right on the cusp right now, right on the cusp. But I was really feeling that cusp earlier today, Um, and this gives me something to talk about. (coughs) Excuse me. Live live radio, folks. No no, no editing here. Um, I had to take my car to our mechanic in Santa Rosa this morning, earlier this morning. I think I talked about the mechanic recently, I can't remember exactly why. Oh, I was talking about the whole air conditioning debacle where I didn't get charged properly and then I had to chase the guy down at the Honda dealership to pay him the money I owed him. So this is the, this is not the Honda dealership locally. This is our actual mechanic that we normally go to in uh, Santa Rosa, California. And I had gone there for a regular service a couple of weeks ago, you know, however many miles service. I don't know. You know, they change filters, they check fluids, all that nonsense. Um, but... There is a fog light that's been broken on that car, the car that I bring in there to get service, my main car that I use. There's a fog light that's been broken for some time. And it's pretty much a cosmetic issue, and so I didn't care. Uh, And at first, it was just, there was like a hairline crack on the fog light. But it had been getting worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where now it just looked like I'd been, like, bashed in with a baseball bat. And, uh... It was going to be a nominal cost to get it fixed um, because they were going to use a non like what do they call it like an aftermarket part or something and it uh, wasn't going to cost much extra to get it fixed. So I said, you know what, now's the time I'm finally going to add like the 50 bucks or whatever to, to my tab to have that fixed. But of course, they have to order the part, so I couldn't do it on the day of the service. I had to come back there. was just once we get it, we'll give you a call. You come back, you'll, you'll sneak you in here and just get it done real quick. And so that's what happened this morning. I got that light fixed. Um, But in order to kill time while I got the light fixed, and normally when I go there for a service and it's going to take a few hours, I'll find something to do in Santa Rosa, but this was going to take at most an hour. So I just walked up and down the street there to get some some exercise, get some steps in, as it were. And so this street that I'm walking down in Santa Rosa is this long street that kind of has... Uh, industrial parks on one side, like the kind of place, like where our mechanic is, they have just a little shop there. Uh, there's like a lumber yard, uh, eventually on that side of the street. Um, and then there's like an access road to like all the auto dealerships on the other side of the street. Um, not all the auto dealerships, but a lot of the major auto dealerships in Santa Rosa on the other side of the street. And if you walk long enough, you come to an intersection, um, and across the intersection I was looking and all of a sudden I realized I was looking at these apartments and it was, I had this strange epiphany because I recognized these apartments and I mean, I knew they were there but I always forget that they're right there but like I, I every now and again when I drive to that mechanic I'll drive by them and be like oh, that's where those apartments are today I was on foot, I see them oh, that's where those apartments are and it's these apartments that um, many, many years ago Gosh, how many years ago would that have been? Uh, we're talking like, gosh, 30 years ago, let's say. Uh, 30 years ago in these apartments, there lived a 40-something-year-old man and his teenage son. And this was in the days of bulletin board systems, something we've talked about on this show before, something we will talk about on this show again, something we were talking about on this show today, bulletin board systems, BBSs. And this was in the pre-internet days when, one, if they wanted to um, turn a computer into um, basically a staging ground, a conduit for sort of pre-internet online activity, you would... Take a computer, you would install bulletin board system software, you would get a modem for that computer, and you would connect the modem to a landline, line, a land phone line. And if people using a modem called that phone number, they would connect to your computer and the bulletin board system software would essentially pre- uh, present the user with, um, you know, like a title screen and then uh, message different message boards. And so as we've talked about on the show before, the the whole deal with bulletin board systems is generally people would set one up uh, – a lot of times they'd be centered around fandom, like someone would run a Star Trek bulletin board system. And when you called the Star Trek bulletin board system, there would be message boards about different topics related to Star Trek, and you could post about them and argue with people and blah, 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 blah. Um, others were um, – based around like more kind of computery programming type stuff which i always thought was really dumb and boring like there was one called sonoma interconnect and it was just like well this is like the driest most boring uh tech stuff ever but this is before people realized or at least before i realized that you know tech was like this big money thing so of course like the guy that had the bulletin board system sonoma interconnect then went on to have uh, an internet service provider called sonic so what do i know nothing i just wanted to talk about star trek i just wanted to talk about robert aspirin's myth adventure series so i hung out on like the the fan geek uh bulletin board systems guarantee i had more fun though i have no money um but uh, out of all these bulletin board systems, there's one that um, stood tall for me, and I'm sure I talked about this um, on the show before. When I, t- I think I talked about bulletin board systems when I talked about how my wife and I met because we met by way of bulletin board systems. Um, but I won't. That, that's a story that's already been told, and maybe could be told again so at some later date. We don't need to get in that now. What we are going to talk about now, though, is um, there was a bulletin board system called Metropolis. I'm pretty sure I've described Metropolis before. I'm going to describe it again. Metropolis was a bulletin board system operated by the aforementioned, at the time, 40 something year old man and his teenage son. It was run on an Atari computer of some sort, uh, where most of the other um, bulletin board systems had what was the uh, kind of industry standard speed modem at the time, 2400 baud. Um, Metropolis, if I remember correctly, was still running on 1200. Uh, But Metropolis was a fictional city. So the message boards were different neighborhoods or places, uh, geographical locations in the fictional city of Metropolis. And Metropolis was what its creators called interactive fiction. So basically, you created a character, you interacted with the other characters who were people calling the bulletin board system on the different message boards, depending on where your character was in the city. And you could basically... Say what your character was doing. Um, describe actions your character was taking, but you could not say how the other person would react or what would happen to the other person. So I could say, like, you know, I uh, pull out my squirt gun and fire it at Engineer Nerd. I fire Superman ice cream out of my squirt gun at Engineer Nerd. But I can't say, and it hits him between the eyes. He has to then respond with what happens to that shot. Um, so it was sort of like role-playing, like D&D, but there was no dice rolling. There was just kind of like... Um, uh, uh, this just in. This just in. Folks who are listening to very special episode eighty-eight of the podcast. Anyway, it, it was like role-playing game, uh, like role-playing games, like D anD D, but no dice, no combat system. It was just imagination. It was just uh, storytelling, but storytelling with other people. And over the years that it existed, it became very in depth. At one point, um, the guy that ran it created a whole Metropolis Omnibus, which was like a map, and it had like descriptions of every single place in the city. Just ama- it, was, it, was, it was a fun time. It was an amazing time. It was a very special time. Um, it was a time that can never be recreated. It was a very s- significant moment in time. But, um... Or unique moment in time, I guess I should say. But in any case, I remember going over to the apartment once uh, because the 40-something-year-old guy at the time that was running the bulletin board system uh... He would end up with a lot of like excess comic books, and um, he was always giving out comics to uh, users on Metropolis. Um, so I went over there to pick up some comics from him and his son one day. And I got to see the bulletin board system in all of its glory, like running there on their Atari computer, which was funny because it was like, i spent so much time on that system, but spending that time virtually on it, it was weird to actually see it, but it it actually existed on this weird little Atari computer. Like this thing that was such a huge part of my life at that time, such a huge part of my imagination that created this entire world, this entire universe was all encapsulated there in this little Atari. In this apartment building, this little apartment unit in Santa Rosa, California, in an apartment complex that still exists to this day. So, whenever I see that apartment complex, I think, wow, that's where Metropolis lived. And it's funny because anyone else that saw this apartment complex that didn't know the story would whiz right on past it and either not notice it or be like, wow, that's a really old, rundown, dilapidated apartment complex. Because it is, it's an old, you know, it's not, we're not talking like, uh, Marvin Gardens here. Or was Marvin Gardens one of the good properties or the bad properties? I don't know. We're talking like uh, like Baltic Avenue or whatever. Um, no shade on anyone lose there. It's just one of those like uncared for, you know, by the owners uh, of the of the complex thing. It looks exactly the same now as it did 30 years ago except 30 years more of age on it. Uh, but it's just interesting to me that like to me I want to run up there and slap like a plaque on it and make it a historic site. Um, but, uh, so it's, it's, it's an, it was an interesting study in perspective, an interesting study into how one thing, one physical object can mean nothing to one person, but that same physical object can be a symbol about something much greater to someone else, I guess, if that makes any sense. So I don't know why I found that to be such a profound little moment, but I guess it's just, it just being faced with how much... Um, Meaning is entirely symbolic. Like, uh, we tend to think that the meaning that we find in things is inherent to those things. But the meaning is entirely dependent on our own perspective, our own feelings, our own memories, our own beliefs. I guess I can equate it to, um, I see a lot of chatter lately about uh, this uh, Queen of England died. And... This story means absolutely nothing to me. And I don't mean this in any kind of like belligerent way or like, like I'm making fun or dissing people that are into that scene. I just don't know anything about it. Like I, I'm not British. I've never spent a second really studying anything about the modern monarchy. I I don't know anything about it. So to me, Hearing that this ninety-some odd year old queen died, you could tell me like an old lady that lived down the street that I'd never met before died, and be like, "Oh, that's, that's sorry to hear that." But it's like it just doesn't. There's no symbolism to it for me. It means nothing to me. Whereas there are people that are willing to wait in line for like twenty-four hours to mourn the the uh, her coffin or whatever. It all depends on what you put, what what your experiences put. On these objects, on these happenings, you know, there there is no one reality. I guess is is, is the is the takeaway here. There are many realities, just just like with uh, if you've listened to the recent Scott Summers episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe, which I, I had never known this before. How there's the reality that Scott Summers apprehends through his eyes, but there's also the bizarre other non-Einsteinian reality within those eyes, that the eyes are wormholes to. I guess we're I guess we're existing in something similar to that here. You know, there's the 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 reality where Metropolis gives the dilapidated apartment complex on that court right there in Santa Rosa some great momentous meaning for me. And there's the reality where you've never even heard of Metropolis and it means nothing to you. I don't know. Random thoughts here on a very special episode eighty eight when there hasn't been a lot much else going on in the Vegaverse. And speaking of which, what can we close out this very special episode 88 with? Um, I guess, I suppose there's, um, there's always the housekeeping note that we need to check in on our exciting, enthralling, exhilarating segment that's existed for, I believe, maybe three episodes now. Um, counting down or counting up the amount of weeks it's been since I began this count without a visit to Northern California from one Engineer Nerd. And I looked it up, and sure enough, Engineer Nerd, because I always say I don't know how to find him on Twitter, he is, I believe, just straight up at Engineer Nerd on the Twitter machine. So give him a follow. Ask him why he hasn't been out here yet. We, cause, because we are waiting with bated breath For a visit to Northern California, to either Napa, California, Santa Rosa, California, or both, from one engineer nerd who lives somewhere in Indiana. Um, So let's see, where are we at with the countdown? We had week one was the first episode I mentioned it, week two was the second episode I mentioned it, then we were missed a week, missed a week, mentioned it last week, so that's five weeks without a visit. So we are on week six Six weeks without a visit from Northern California from one engineer nerd, engineer nerd, we are here, we are waiting. Whenever you're ready, let us know, and uh, yeah, we will do the whirlwind tour of either Napa, Santa Rosa, or both. And finally, in closing, gosh, I am just really scraping... The bottom of the barrel. Trying to figure out what else to talk about today. It's been really slow lately. Um, hmm. Update. Final update. Um, I am in the process of attempting to become a substitute teacher for um, the school district here in Napa. I think there's like a series of like six or eight emails one has to get through to get to the end of the process. As far as like you get sent these emails from the district after you've completed different parts of the application process. And I am stalled out. I just finished everything needed to complete part three. So it's probably going to take a while before I actually get to the finish line, but it's stuff like, you know, um, I had to provide my college transcripts and, uh, I had to, uh, provide my COVID vaccination status and I had to provide, um, uh, a sign note from my doctor that I'm not at risk for having tuberculosis, stuff like that. But it's all stuff that, uh, takes a while to trickle through. Like they'll give me a request. Then it takes me a few days to, to get what I need Then I got to send it back to them. And it takes a while for that to get processed. So, um, I only bring you this because that will be a new dimension of the Vegaverse um, coming soon to a theater near you. Should I actually finish this uh, application process and should I begin doing the work? Um, I have really no idea what to expect. People all people ask me, "Oh, well, like what grade are you going to do?" I have no idea. I don't know how it works. I'm going to do whatever I'm I'm asked to do. I'm going to show up and just do my best. Dangerous Minds cosplay. Do my best the Substitute cosplay. If you remember that movie. And just uh, crack some knucklehead skulls and whip the youth in line. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I'm just going to go in there and be like, uh, it's me, it's me, it's Gino V, your substitute teacher for today, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's a, that's a new happening coming down the pike that I don't have much to talk about yet, but it will, I imagine, open up some floodgates for content. Moving forward, but for right now, I'm really tapped this week. I, I apologize. It's a, a shorter episode than normal. I normally go a bit further, a bit longer than this, but it's just a weird, weird time period right now. Nothing, nothing's, Nothing's cooking in the Vegaverse other than walking past that Metropolis apartment realizing how it's like this momentous landmark to me and means absolutely nothing to just about anyone else in... Uh, well, I was going to say in the Vegaverse, but no, in the Vegaverse, it's a big deal. Outside of the Vegaverse, it means nothing. Folks, until next time, it's been real. It's me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and I am signing off.